Let's dive into miracle provision. Again, we'll talk a lot about money tonight. And uh, who wants to talk about money? Probably most people don't. They're like, uh, I don't want to talk about money uh, because it probably makes you think about your money problems. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I got I got my own money problems too. You know, I'm still paying my two schools. And uh, yeah, that, those aren't fun. It's kind of, I don't know, this is a little side rant. But it's just, it's interesting to me that like we have college, which is supposed to help us get a job, which will hopefully make more money. But then usually you come out like so in debt that you're like, what job am I going to get after I graduate that's going to cover all this? And so anyways, I say all that. I really enjoyed my education, but outside of the academic part, I think it was the relationships that really was life-changing for me. Uh, I just don't know if it was worth as much. <laughs> uh, I think I probably could still have some of those relationships outside of what college offered. But anyways, that rant's over. Let's talk about provision and how God shows up <laughs> in miracles. Um, so for most of us, you know, we might say like money's tight. Uh, maybe you have more month than money, you know, bills come around and you're like, uh, like, I don't know how I'm going to provide for this and, uh, and whatnot. And I think really about what we're going to focus on tonight is needs versus wants uh, and what God has to say about supplying for us in our needs. All right. I think God does bless us in ways that um, it kind of can fulfill some wants, but Let's talk more about how God steps in into what we need um, and how he will show up with miracles. So uh, this is what's kind of crazy is that, you know, you could have a six-figure income. You could have a lot of money. But uh, I remember talking with someone a few years ago about, I guess they did some scientific stuff and they realized that like most people who end up making more money are still having money problems like anyone who's probably making way less, right? So someone that makes 30,000, someone that makes like 200,000 usually get themselves caught up that they're both sides are like, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, that you're just spending so much. Um, and it's because truthfully, we just don't know how to live within our means. Uh, for our, I mean, our, our country doesn't even do that. You know, um, we, we want more. And, uh, and so we'll spend more. And uh, so at the end of the day, it's just like, it doesn't matter really what you have unless we start to learn, you know, good habits of spending our money. Agree? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's super quiet. And I think it's just because we're talking about money. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. So like for me, I have college debt. Uh, you know, some of you might have medical bills, there's insurance, maybe braces. Uh, I don't know. No, no one. Okay. So we're all out of that stage. Um, but there's countless examples in scripture that shows us where like, God really stepped in and provided uh, in a miraculous way. Um, and so we're going to kind of break that all down. Um, in every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. All right. And in every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. I think what's key is the word need. Again, we're, when we focus on need, and even with the past three weeks, if you weren't here, we talked about miracle of deliverance, healing, and protection. Um, I think what we learn when God's going to show up in our lives is usually those moments of need, right? Like when we really think about like God shows up in, in the good times, but when our faith is really tested, it's usually in those moments of like, I need you, God, you know, like I need you, I'm going through this. And, and so every story that we're going to talk about in scripture, we'll see that it was in, in, in that need that there was a miracle provision. Um, I think what's cool about tonight is before we go any further, I, I wanted to actually give you guys something I wanted to give you some provision um, so you can enjoy the rest of this message. Is that cool? Yes. All right. So if you guys want to bring out some of the Chick-fil-A nuggets. 
In every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. <laughs> you know when Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven? On earth as it is in heaven. This is what will be happening. Eat it. Oh, yeah, it's yours. Just. We're literally just wanted to give you chicken nuggets. That's it. I'm good. That was a surprise. That was all. That's all I had. Yes. All right, I'm gonna. I'll continue as you enjoy your chicken nuggets. It looks like we'll have some left over. Um, if anyone else still wants some, but um, in every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. All right. So um, one of the examples that you probably have heard about, if you haven't, I'll give you a quick snapshot. Um, it's when there's thousands of people hungry on this hillside. Jesus was speaking, and uh, you know, pretty much at the end of it, they're like, "Okay, we got to feed these people." Uh, the disciples are like, "But we only have five loaves and two fish." But there's this moment where this boy comes and he gives them the food and Jesus, you know, is able to multiply that. Uh, and there was leftovers. I mean, it's, it's cool when you see that God, he will provide and in ways even give in abundance. Um, but let's, as we move from that, I know sometimes you could read that and be like, okay, like there's only this much. And then it was like multiplied. And you're like, yeah, I believe Jesus could do that. But like, what does that look like in your life? You know, like. I had 12 bucks. Is God going to like multiply that? And I've had, I've, I've known people who've shared stories that uh, they literally had so much food and they were trying to provide it for some people in need. And every time they went back to the freezer, they said there was always more, you know, I, again, whether you believe that or not, that's between you and God. But I believe that the scripture that something like this actually happened and can still happen today. So uh, he multiplied the loaves and the fish and there was leftover. Then you have the prophet Elisha. He was talking to a widow and uh, she was scared for her future. She really didn't have much. Um, so he asked her, like, what do you have? He's like, what do you have? And she says, uh, I don't have much, but like what I have is literally this, this olive oil. Like I have some oil. Um, and so uh, eventually what happens is that he ends up blessing this oil that all of her containers, like every time she poured it, there was just always more oil. All right. And so again, there was this time of need and she's like, I don't have anything and I need. And God showed up. We'll break these down in a little bit. Again, they're quick little stories that you're like, okay, yeah, that's nice. She got more oil. Um, so, uh, but, but let me share this story. I heard this. I thought this was pretty funny. Um, there was a single mom and she, uh, I mean, she loves God. You know, she's like, yes, Lord, praise Jesus. And her neighbors, especially this one neighbor, like hated her because she loved Jesus so much. He didn't believe in God. And one day he wanted to prove her wrong. Um, and so he went out. Uh, well, he found out that she needed groceries, but she still was like praising God for this. Has anyone heard the story? Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty funny story. So um, like, oh yeah, God, I, you know, you are, you are Lord and I believe that you will provide. 
So this man's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to show her up. So he goes to the store, he buys all these groceries, leaves at the front door. He knocks and then he kind of hides and then she opens the door and, uh, and she's like, yes, Lord, praise you for you provided. And he pops out of nowhere and he's like, ha, it wasn't God, it was me. And she like pauses and then she's like, yes, Lord, you provided and you made the devil pay the bill. <laughs> That was it. That was the story. That's all I got. I love it. <laughs> but sometimes I, I do believe that the Lord will provide in probably some ways that we would least expect it, you know? Again, I don't know how, tr- how true that story was. Like, I just heard it. I don't know if this really was a woman. This guy did that. But even if it happened, you know, I believe that God will provide in some ways that uh, he shows up. And, uh, and so as we go on, this is what we read from Philippians 4.19. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God is the giver of all good things. He provides abundantly. Right. An important notice is God meets your needs. He doesn't meet all wants. All right, so God meets your needs, doesn't meet all wants. The difference between what we need and what we want is this. I may need clothes, but I may want designer handbag or Nike Air Jordans, right? I need rest, but maybe I want a vacation all-inclusive resort by the ocean, right? Yeah, right? Come on. I need shelter, but maybe I want a granite countertops, wood floors, 4K television, three-car garage for my two cars, and a boat that I'm praying for, right? Like, and I mean, when we're honest with ourselves, like, we know what our basic needs are, but we also have some wants. It's like, okay, well, if I can get a little more, I wouldn't mind it, you know? And But sometimes we get in this place where the things that we wanted isn't happening, and we almost get upset with God, like, why is he not providing? And we lose track of really, what do I need in my life, God? When I surrender to you, what, what is it that I need? Show me what I need, because maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm so distracted by all these shiny things because my neighbor has that. So there's three principles of God's miraculous provision. The first one is, is when God guides, he always provides. That's right. When God guides, he always provides. Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. That means like when, you're, when your life feels like it's so barren, like everything else around you is dead, sun scorched, the Lord will guide you always. Amen. And then he will satisfy your needs in that season where you feel like everything is just barren. God doesn't provide for all your dreams. He provides for his will, his plans for your life. Sometimes your dreams maybe align with that and that's great. But sometimes we get so caught up in the idea of, well, these are all my dreams. And God, why aren't you showing up and providing for me? You know, I want to do this, this, and this, but I need this type of money. And again, maybe the Lord will show up in that way. But ultimately, what we can lose track of is, am I in your will, God? Because when I'm in your will, I know you're always going to provide. right? When I'm in your will, I know that you're not going to lead me astray because I'm doing what you've called me to do. When I step out of your will... Who am I to expect that you're going to just bless that? Someone might think God's not coming through for me. Maybe you have a house payment, car payment, vacation. Maybe you're still paying off Christmas 2014. Anyone? No. Uh, Yeah, Christmas is a crazy time. Uh, I know it's coming really soon, but you know how much people spend during Christmas? I did a research once because I was building this website for this missionary. And uh, so I was trying to look up some things about 
what would it cost to pretty much feed all the kids that were hungry in the world? Um, and they pretty much said that for all the money that's spent just for Christmas would feed all the children in the world just for Christmas. Like how much money we spend on just gifts for one another and ourselves, that money, if it was, and I'm, you know, I don't want to feel bad. I know we're entering that Christmas season. The point that it was, was just saying like, that's how much money is spent just for a season in a year when like we could literally provide for children who are dying every day. And, but we don't, because we don't know that, you know, and some of you maybe are like, no, I, I, I'm, I want to partner with other organizations or I'm doing something to help fill that need. But the point that I'm just making is that like, wow, like we spend a lot, you know, and especially around Christmas time. Uh, that's why uh, Black Friday, you know why it's called Black Friday? It's because the business actually are in the black, they're not in the red, like because we just spend so much. Uh, maybe you recognize, maybe God met your needs. Maybe there's something that you can look back and be like, oh, wow, he actually met me here. Uh, but you spent it on your wants. Maybe that's something to think about as well. For me, I think through, okay, God, I was seeking provision from you and you gave, yet I was spending it more on wants than actually my needs. His provision isn't a get out of jail free card uh, for our stupid decisions. I, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, really, because I look back and I'm like, I didn't need to buy that. And something that even today I would say I'm in debt. Like I have this thing that I know I'm in debt. I'm like, I probably didn't need to buy that, but I did. And now it's put me in a situation where however long that'll take to get out of it. I don't know. I got to do the math, do the Dave Ramsey thing. But, you know, the point is, is that God sometimes provides for our needs. But what we do with that, um, I think, is the real part that we have to reflect on. But the good news is when God directs you, he provides for you. So here's some examples from the Bible. Abraham, we've talked about him a couple months ago. If you remember, more than anything else, he wanted a son. For years, him and Sarah were praying, then waiting. They prayed, then they were waiting some more. God finally gave him a son. He raised a boy. God puts Abraham to the test. He says, take your son to a mountaintop and sacrifice him. Walking to the mountain, the little boy says, daddy, where's the sacrifice? Genesis 22, 8, Abraham says, uh, God himself will provide the lamb. They reach the top of the mountain. Abraham courageously open, obeys God and ties his son to the altar. And he raises the knife. Angel appears and says, do not lay a hand on that boy. I know you fear God. Genesis 22, 13 then says, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it at a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Abraham was living his life fixed on the will of God. How many times are we living fixated on our lack? All right, so think about that. Maybe that's a question that you should answer for yourself in your alone time with God. Are you living your life fixed on the will of God or are you living your life fixated on what you lack? Because when we start to focus on what we don't have, we start to miss what we already have. Man, Lord, I thank you that you've already provided me with great friends, but maybe you're so focused on the lack of some other friend. Maybe the provision is finances. And it's like, man, Lord, I, I know that my bills get covered. Thank you for that. I just want to be aligned in your will. Or maybe we're focusing on the lack of the new iPhone 10 and Max. You know, when you have the iPhone 7 Plus, it's so out of date now. Is that crazy? Two years. My phone's old. So yeah, so we struggle with this idea of being fixated on what we lack. If we pursue his will, his provision will follow. So, uh, you know, for, for me, um, 
there's sometimes where uh, I have to catch myself. And I look at uh, what, what I don't have, and you might look at what others have, and I'm like, man, Lord, am I getting so focused on these material things that I can't appreciate what you've already put in my life? Again, sometimes I know we're talking a lot about money, but maybe it's other things in our life that God has already provided us with. And other times, maybe we're seeking God. This is a, a tough one for me. We might seek God for certain things, but we actually don't activate to do something about it. All right, so what I mean by that is maybe we do want something or we need something and we're like, God, I need your provision in this. Yet we wait as if like, he's just gonna drop it right in front of us. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, when I was a single dude, I thought that was gonna happen with a female. I really did. I was like, I was like, all right, God, she's gonna text me right now. I know, someone already know. And I like looked at my phone, I was like, come on now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds stupid. I'll be honest. I did that once. It was, it was a low point. But the point is, is that like we can, we can be asking God for something yet like I needed to get out of my dorm room. You know, I actually needed to maybe go do something and activate and believe in faith that something maybe would happen. You know, a lot of times we need something from God yet we always just expect it to just show up at our door. And really he's saying, do you have faith in me? Okay, don't just sit around, do something. Do something because if you sit around, like I didn't call you, my will wasn't for you to sit in your bedroom and wonder where your friends are. You know, I didn't call you to stay in your house and say, okay, yeah, you need, you need money. Well, Hey, there's, there's a job out there and I'm going to give you the opportunity, but are you searching? And again, I'm not saying that that's, it's always easy or like, you know, oh, you just do it and again, it's going to happen. But when we talk about need, I believe that in our need, that's where our faith really can grow because it says, I can't do it on my own. God, I need you to provide for me. Uh, we've talked about before, usually a celebration is a good example. The reason why most people in celebration probably struggle uh, pursuing God is because they've already owned or have captured everything they've ever wanted temporarily. Again, that's not everyone. I'm just saying in general, when people have a lot it's like, well, why would I need God? Like I can provide for myself. I went out and I got mine, you know? And, and we almost see that as our faith. Yet when he talks about the poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God, right? right. The, the ones that say, hey, you know what? I know that I ha own these things, but it's yours, God. You could take them away today. I want my heart to be poor in spirit so I can have your kingdom over anything else. So we need to focus on needs and know that God isn't a get out of jail free card when we need him. Second point is God miraculously multiplies what is given. This is a key one. I love, I love what we're about to talk about here. So uh, what does he do? He asks you to give, then he multiplies what you give. When did God multiply the widow's oil? When she started pouring it. When did God multiply the loaves and the fish? When the boy gave the lunch. When did Abraham become father of nations? When he offered his first son. Do you see the pattern here? There's this pattern of, I give back to God. I give back to God. And that's the only way he's going to multiply it. He's not going to multiply what I hold on to. He's going to multiply what I say, okay, Lord, I surrender this to you and what you do with it. Only you can do. I can't multiply this, but you can. And so it's all about giving. I don't want this to come across as like prosperity gospel. Like you give a hundred dollars and God gives you now a luxury BMW, you know? Uh, 
because that's sometimes that's what some churches preach, but ultimately it's, again, it might not be finances, but maybe it is your time. Maybe it is your talents and you see God multiply that in a mighty way. Second Corinthians nine ten says this, this generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. As we sow it, I have to give up the seed. I have to plant it into something. And that's when it allows for growth. That's when it allows for God to multiply. Again, not to get so money, whatever, but when you think of people who are poor and people who are usually rich, the rich ones have learned to invest. Again, that can happen in many ways, but they understand the idea of multiplication is only going to happen if I put my money into something that's going to grow. Right? When I put my money into something that's not going to grow, good example, we'll use Apple again, my iPhone, which I don't have on me, but my iPhone, right? Uh, when I buy an iPhone, I'm a consumer. When I buy the stock, I'm an owner. Right? There's a difference there. I don't make money off my iPhone after I buy it. I would make money because I bought in the company. That was the place where I was, would sow my seed. So if we talk about the kingdom of God, right? I can go to church and say, okay, God, I gave some offering. I'm expecting, I become a consumer of church. Maybe you don't give, you know, tithe your money and you just expect it to be consumed. But there's the side of saying, God, I give you back because I'm investing in what you're doing here. I believe in the vision. I want to be an owner of what you're doing, right? I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be an owner of your will, I want to I want to take ownership of what you're doing in my life. This principle goes all the way back to the tithe. All right, if you don't know the tithe, that's 10%. Now, the one thing I love about talking about the tithe is a lot of people think, okay, whatever I make, I just give 10%. Not exactly. What you give is your first 10%. All right? If I made $10, I don't give him the last dollar. I give him the first dollar. Right? Why? Because it shows that, God, I put my faith before any bills, before anything else, I give back to you first because I believe in what you're doing. One of the best ways uh, we acknowledge the Lord as our provider is by worshiping him by giving back. Again, sometimes that's not always uh, money. We've talked about before. It could be your time. Usually when I try to get in my word, it's usually in the morning because I that's just the way I think. I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but I'm just thinking, God, I want to give you my first of my time. So what is the tithe? Returning to God 10% of what you trust. Uh, and that might be money. That might be other things. Um, but you might be saying 10%, no way. Like, I can't do it. I don't have enough money. Um, but this is what's cool. Scripture talks about, this is the only time that God said, put me to the test. Do you know that? Scripture says, test me. When you talked about money, about giving back. Some of you in here might be thinking right now, I don't have that much money. Like you probably are really tight and I believe you. But from personal experience, I'm telling you, from tithing, my first, every time I get paid for anything, I've always seen God's blessing. And I'll say this, I'd rather be blessed with 90% than cursed with 100. All right, so this is, that's the part that maybe we don't understand when we talk about the provision of God is that when you hold on to 100% of what you earn from whatever you do, you're actually cursed because you haven't given back to God what is rightfully his. Can God, does God need your money in the sense of like, you know, he's not going to like take it and he's going to go out and spend it and whatever. But 
what he's saying is, do I have your heart? Do I have your heart? Because scripture talks so much about money and how it captures a man's heart. How money can get us to a point where that's again, our God. And he's saying, give me your 10%. Give me your faith and know that your bills will be covered. I will provide for you. And I'm telling you, maybe there's some in here that you'll talk about it in discussions and you might say, yeah, <laughs> let me give you my tithe story. Let me hear, let me give you the blessing that God has given me. Trust me, I've known a ton of people who tithe and they're saying, without a doubt, God has always provided. He's always provided. And I've known people who say when they started to get less and less money, they said they would give even more because they believe so much in what God was doing. So I don't know how much you make. I don't know what God is providing you with. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're making six figures or if you're making 10,000 a year, 10% is still 10% regardless. And yeah, one seems like a bigger number than the other. And one might feel like it hurts more than the other. But I'll tell you, at the end of the year, when I look, yeah, there's times I'm like, dang, we gave that much this year? I could have used that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I really could have used that. But then at the same time, I, I check my heart. I'm, I say, okay, God, but man, the blessings that I saw, and it wasn't just a financial thing. It was the lives that I saw that were changed. And that's something that, that we really just need to talk about. You don't know that there could be, uh, because you gave back the 10%, that there's a guy in India being able to watch a video podcast of Illuminate and he, come, and he gets saved. Why? Why is he so happy about why you gave? It was because it gave him the opportunity to see. We had to buy that camera. We had to edit it, right? You even look at other opportunities where, uh, again, someone, uh, maybe a life group, and it's like, I don't have a Bible. Well, we, as a church, we can provide because people gave, because they believe in the investment. And I'm, let me say this. I'm not here trying to tell you like, oh, give to illuminate. I'm just saying in general, God has called us to give back. And the local church is what he wants us to give back to. Again, I don't know what that is for you. All I'm saying is I believe in the blessing. And I believe that God miraculously shows up in our need and he shows up in other people's need because we gave, because we had a heart and said, God, this is yours. And I trust that you're going to do something with this. And honestly, I've had to get to a point, um, especially when I try to help someone that's homeless. A lot of times we think, oh, they're probably out here because they're on drugs or doing this or whatever. God has called me to be a cheerful giver, right? Again, I want to be wise. I usually try to get them their meal instead of just giving them cash. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it's not up to me, you know, what they do. At the end of the day, I want to give. I want to give because they're in need. So I hope that encourages you. But um, so again, when God guides, he always provides. God miraculously multiplies what is given. And then three, you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. Second Corinthians 9, 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. It's kind of like what I was just saying. Someone's marriage that is new to illuminate gets saved. Thank God, because you gave. Someone uh, can't pay their mortgage. I don't know if you know this, but we have a benevolence fund. The reason for that is because people gave, believing that, hey, we can help someone who shows up and says, I don't have enough money for my mortgage. I don't have enough money for my groceries. And we're able to help provide in those moments. Things that you probably never hear, never see, but you don't realize that what you're investing in is multiplying and giving to those that are in need. Someone gets a Bible in their own language, thank God, because you gave. I have a thousand little Mark, Gospel of Mark little books. They're kind of like designed for students. Um, I was able to get a thousand of those for free to give to our youth. And I knew it was only because other people gave. 
Again, that has that had nothing to do with Illuminate. That was just people believing in something that could be handed to students to give to students. That someone said, I believe in this and I want to multiply. I don't know how much was given for them to make those books, but I have a thousand that I never even had to pay for, pay for shipping, nothing, showed up at my door, and now we're able to equip a thousand students, right? Because people gave, because they believe that that's where things will multiply. Fear asks, what if I run out? Faith asks, what do I have to give? So fear asks, what if I run out? Faith asks, what do I have to give? Fear says, I don't have enough. Faith says, my God is more than enough. Fear says, I can't afford to tithe. Faith says, 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100% without. And God will meet every need according to his riches and glory. Sometimes he will miraculously meet a need through you. One thing I love about uh, Acts 2, as I'll close and we'll go into discussions, is there's a part there where it says that they gathered together, they broke bread, they studied, you know, the apostles' teaching, um, but there was this point where it said that everyone came together and sold what they have to give to those in need. Some of that was people in the community. Some of that I'm sure was maybe outside of the community, but they understood that as a community is that giving is what's going to help bring multiplication. Giving is what's going to bring life. And it says that every day people were added daily. Again, I wouldn't say it's just because of the money aspect, but it was the fact that a community came together we worship today, just like Acts 2 talked about. We break bread. You guys had some Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> we, you know, we, get, we gather together to get in the word. We do all that stuff. And at the end of the day, we give. That was a huge part of what community does. And we give. Why? Because we believe that God provides not only for our needs, but our giving also provides for others in need. And so sometimes that might be you directly doing it. And other times you might not even know that what you've given Whichever organization, like I truly don't know where my Compassion International money go to. I believe it goes to two of the kids. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm believing it. Uh, I hope it's going there. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that, but, uh, but I believe in what they're doing. I really do, and I hear the stories of how these kids and their families are able to have food throughout the month. And so, because of that I want to invest because I believe that they will be able to hear the gospel in their language. I believe that now they can live another day. You know, I believe that their family doesn't have to work, you know, extra hours. They can actually spend time with each other. I do that because I believe in what God is doing. And so maybe for you, it's again, God, give me more on your will and help me not to focus on what I lack. Help me not to focus on what I lack. Show me what I already have and may I be grateful. And when you give me more, may I be even more grateful. But knowing that my hands are like this instead of like this. You know, I want to, I want to open my hands up where God, this is yours. You're going to do what you want with it. I don't want to have a closed fist with what I have. 